it can be very tricky to sit down and work out your marketing. It's like, what am I talking about? But what we did, we've got a, a system that I teach to my clients and it helps people get really, really clear on what it is that they talk about because it's very easy to get caught talking about all the other hundred things that we can do that won't necessarily bring the right client in or that will dilute our message. Welcome to the More Clients, Less Effort podcast, where we provide expert insights and strategies to turbocharge your business growth. I'm your host, Tim Hyde, and in this series, we'll unpack the secrets, proven systems, and the sales and marketing strategies used by successful business owners to attract, convert, and keep A-class clients on autopilot. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to scale your customer acquisition or a budding startup owner looking to crack the code on attracting the right clients, you've come to the right place. Join us on this journey to building a thriving business that leaves a lasting impact. Now let's get started. Guys, welcome to More Clients, Less Effort. I am joined by my fellow podcast enthusiast, and co-host on Influence by Design, Samantha Riley. Sam, thanks for joining me. Yes, it's a bit weird. I'm on the other side of the mic this time. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of things today, but one thing that I'm particularly interested in, which we'll get to a bit later, is this idea of how do we systemize our sales and marketing machine so mm-hmm. that it provides us a consistent stream of high-quality prospects. Now, that's obviously a topic that we've explored a lot over the 405 episodes of Influence by Design and the Thought Leaders Business Lab before that. Um, Mm -hmm. But before we get into that in more detail in your business, tell us a little bit about Samantha Riley Global. Tell us a bit about you and how you came to be in the space you're in now. Yeah, so my background, my originally back in the very early 90s um, was in sort of traditional bricks and mortar business. So my very first business was a dance studio. And within 12 months of opening that, I found that there was a hole in the market where the parents could go and buy their their students or their, their children's uniforms. So we actually opened a retail store in that dancewear industry. And that dance studio and the retail stores and, you know, we acquired a couple of stores and that was the majority of our business. And when I say our, that was my ex-husband and I were in business together for 20 years And when we separated, I decided that that was a great time to, you know, start a new chapter in the book and that I wanted to leave that industry. And I had been sort of moving slowly into the fitness industry. There was a big fitness chain that headhunted me. They wanted me to go and and work for them. And so I I was stepping into the fitness realm and uh, running a lot of retreats around uh, more holistic lifestyle. So not just in health and wellness, but more that talk about your, your nutrition and your hydration and your movement and your finances and your career. And we used to run these two day retreats and what started to happen organically was people were asking, okay, well, you know, all of that stuff, we we pretty much got a grasp of that. However, we're not happy in our job. Can you help us start a business? And what happened very quickly because it was only a couple of months within doing those those events were um, I ended up having quite a lot of coaching clients and helping them to set up their business and specifically helping them to you know unpack their IP and to turn that into something that could be more a more leveraged model um, and take that online and that's how I've stepped into what I'm doing now 
uh, which is helping people to position themselves to be the unapologetic leader in the industry. And for me, unapologetic is really about not not having regrets, um, you know, just like fully leaning into who you are and not trying to be a cookie cutter of someone else. Uh, so that's that's what we help our clients do. Yeah, and that's really your genius zone, isn't it? It's really unpacking the mm-hmm. IP and positioning in a way that people go, oh, I get that. Yeah, I never used to realise that it was a thing. I used to do it so easily I thought everyone could do it. It took me quite a few years to realise, oh, not everyone can do it um because and you know it's the same for most of us right some when we're starting off we find it really difficult sometimes to charge for things that we could almost do in our sleep so it took me a little little bit to uh realize that that was my zone of genius and uh it wasn't usual for everyone to be able to see things the way that yeah. i could see them and then and then probably also recognizing the value of that to other people as well isn't it you know we we have this tendency when we start to really undervalue ourselves and mm-hmm. Uh, I have heard it said that if you ever came from a corporate role that you tend to, and you come into business, you tend to sort of find yourself gravitating and making the same amount of money without really sort of breaking through, but just actually doing a lot more work for it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a thing that's really fascinated, fascinated me for a, for a long time. Uh, I mean, I consider myself either incredibly efficient or incredibly lazy, but one of the two things. Um and no one who knows me would no one who knows me well would call me lazy because I just do stupid amounts of stuff. I was but gonna say to lazy more. is not the word I would use. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to pack more in, but I think one of the the things that I keep coming back to um in small business is and businesses of any size really, is the efficiency of our sales and marketing machine um really dictates how much impact we can have everywhere else in our business and it is one of if not the most important skill that we as business owners can develop is actually to you know how to really understand and leverage our sales and marketing machine i'm curious from your your perspective and your experience because i know you agree with me on that when did you realize that in your business journey to say i need to really focus on sales and marketing efforts and maybe not some of the other things as much Mm. I think for me, because I did come from traditional business and I've been in business for such a long time, I always knew that. However, there was a time when I came over into more of the online space. Um, so talking like 2010, where I, it kind of dissipated a little bit or was diluted a little bit because there were so many and I'm going to put this in air quotes, gurus telling us you have to go and do this on social media and and now it's really different in the online space and you have to go and do this and make sure you show up here. And, and it took me a little while to say, to really understand, hang on, yes, I do understand this and I do understand that people are in a different places now that I'm not going to put my ad in the yellow pages anymore or, you know, I'm not going to... Um, you know, go and do a, a letterbox, maybe drop some pamphlets at the local school, which is what we used to do. Even though the places that people are now, it's still exactly the same principles. We still have to make sure that we're spending 80% of our time marketing and sales. And so it was just that that short time there before I sort of pulled it all back and went, hang on a minute, you can't build a business while you're stuck in the deliverables you just cannot do it yeah you, you tend to end up on that roller coaster where you do a bit of sales and marketing effort and then you get really really busy and then you go like all this sales and marketing effort stops and then you go and 
then you deliver all your clients. They go, now, I, now what do I do? Right? Where's Many the of from? a lot of clients when they start with me, they're on this roller coaster of they do marketing, get leads in, convert those leads. They jump into delivery, forget about sales and marketing. And then three months down the track, they're like, you know, oh my goodness, I need, I need more, more sales. And it's this constant roller coaster that they don't know how to get off. So yeah. that's actually one of the very first things we work with our clients on. Yeah. It's, it's, I'll turn the tap on as I need it. I mean, mm -hmm. realistically, the tap should be on full ball all the time, shouldn't it? All the time. Because yeah. yeah. Just, then we get to pick and choose who we want to work with. Absolutely. Yeah. Or create something that's a little bit more leveraged, you know, move, change what your deliverables look like. Yeah. Let's come back to leverage in a sec, but super quick. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the biggest mistake that you made early on, or maybe even more recently, um, in in, in trying to create leverage in your sales and marketing machine? <laughs> I can tell you straight out what it is. Uh, and it's something now that I'm super passionate about because I made this mistake. And that is really, I guess, and so, and I didn't really, but I'm going to preframe it saying I didn't realize I was doing this at the time. It was much easier to look back and see. And that is modeling people around us that are successful but that modeling almost turning into cookie cutter. It's like it is working for that person or that's the way they're marketing or that's the words that they're using or, you know, that's the way they're showing up and then sort of morphing into a version of that person where online I think more than ever because it's so noisy that it's about really leaning into what makes you unique. You know, like, I know you quite well. There is no one else that's like you. And if I ever saw a marketing message came out that sounded like 100 other people, then it's not going to land. I think yeah, absolutely. I, look, I get that. You know, if I if I go back to my Riot Act days, um, you know, in the, in the early noughties, uh, when we were creating, you know, uh, our first social media site, you know, and one of the first in Australia, um there was nothing particularly unique about what we were doing, right? We had some free off-the-shelf software. We had a bunch of computer parts that we'd stuck together, you know, partly using my old, old, old man's angle grinder, uh, partly using glue, and we were just writing content as just about anyone can do now, right? We, we were talking about the emergence of, of social media, you know, as we know it. And the thing that I used to say to my my colleagues, and even as I was consulting, you know, pretty much during the noughties, teaching people what digital marketing actually was and, and other agencies, um, they would come to say, you know, why can't someone copy you? Why can't someone do exactly the same thing? And I'm going, well, we've got the roadmap, mm. right? And yeah, we're going to fall into potholes from time to time, but the, everyone trying to copy us won't see them coming either. Mm -hmm. And, and when you say that about if you blindly copy someone else's marketing machine, um, you know, you can fall into those holes as well, uh, probably to to other detriment, uh, to your detriment. But it, really understanding this almost the metadata in behind why these things work, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and how we build you know human to human interaction, right? Then you can go. I can see that if I do this, my business will end up in a pothole, and I'll be able to predict and anticipate, you know, where mm. I need to leap and where I need to swerve around them. Totally. Well, okay. So we've been doing this for a while now. You, you, and I completely agree with you on the the idea of of I guess learning from others, but not copying them blindly, mm. um, which does happen a lot. We will acknowledge. What's a system that you've got in your business now that you're 
I guess particularly proud of in terms of how you you know attract more more business with less effort. Mm. So what we did earlier this year is we bought in weekly themes. So it can be very tricky to sit down and work out your your marketing. It's like what am I talking about? But what we did, we've got a, a system that I teach to my clients called the authority model, and it helps people get really, really clear on what it is that they talk about. And we've got a, a system that they use to extract their content from this authority model, um, which is essentially on how they position themselves as the authority in their industry, um, how to unpack this so that they only talk about these things. Because it's very easy to get caught talking about all the other hundred things that we can do that won't necessarily bring the right client in or that will dilute our message. So we we start off with the authority model and what we did was created each week a theme out of this model. And, and whatever that theme is, we will attach a, you know, we'll think of a case study that's relevant to that theme. We'll, we'll attach all of these different um, ideas um, over the course of the week, you know, we've got a podcast episode, we've got a case study, we've got some sort of free resource and we keep these themes and being able to do this makes it a lot easier to unpack what our marketing looks like and makes it a lot quicker to create it. I really love that actually. And, and I, I think by having that theme, you are actually getting the team really aligned. And you're not actually doing, I guess, multiple things and constantly coming back and checking what is the purpose of that. But also that the fact you can take these themes and you can repeat them later mm-hmm. down the track. So you've created content and you just pull out old content later on and, and and bring it out again for you know the theme corresponding next year, right? Hundred so percent. Are- not even next year, even next quarter. Because here's the thing, and this is something that, and I'm in the coaching industry, so something that a lot of coaches don't realize is that the problems that our prospects are having is always the same my prospects in 2010 that were saying they want more leads are still telling me in 2022 i want more leads it doesn't actually change there's some certain little things that change in there i wasn't talking about COVID back in you know 2010 but essentially the nuts and bolts of the the issues that people are having are the same. So we are able just to pick it up and put it down. We don't need to recreate the wheel every week. So probably, you know, not even next year, that's probably too far out. Once a quarter is you're able to, you know, repurpose what, what that theme is. Yeah, that's awesome, Sam. Really appreciate that. And, and guys, if you're not doing that in your business right now, um, that's something I think you should definitely consider um, because again, it will make it much easier to create content and create your machine, create your funnels and everything else around that particular topic. And then, of course, reuse them, right? Put them back on the shelf, mm. take them out a bit later on so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Sam, we're going to finish up the, today's uh, episode just with a quick fire round. So I'm going to throw a bunch okay. of questions at you, see how you go. Uh, you okay. may pass, but we will uh, laugh quietly behind your back should you do so. Let's go with just the first as long one. As I get, hang on. As long as I get $200 <laughs> when I pass go, I'm fine. <laughs> yes, you may you may collect $200 as you pass go. Let's go with this one first up. What are three books that you have been, reckon to be most influential in your point of view? Mm-hmm. So the first one is not 
traditionally a business book, but it's The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you what The Four Agreements are because otherwise that gives away the whole book. But this has really helped me as a business owner to get my head in the game and to understand that when people don't get back to me, uh, that it isn't something that I need to take personally. Um, the second one is Book Yourself Solid by Michael Port. This is like really basic 101 lead generation, but I just go back to it over and over and over because I think we can never ever, you know, get too far away from the basic foundational principles of marketing. Um, and third is um, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, who is the CEO and founder of Nike. And I loved this book because it helped me to realize that I'm not the only crazy business person in the world. So uh, I, I really, I really liked those. There's, there's plenty, plenty of us, right? You know, we, yeah, my, exactly. my idiot looks back at me in the mirror every single morning. Let's go with this one. Uh, what's the best compliment you've ever been given? I think that a compliment that I get quite often that I really enjoy to get, and it sounds so plain, is that when clients start to work with me, they'll often reach out and say, I just really love that you care so much. They often will say, you know, we've worked with other people that we haven't known what's going on or, you know, we don't get our questions answered. So it's a compliment that I get a lot and it might sound really basic, but it means a lot to me because I think that there's a lot of people out there that don't necessarily care about the clients that they're serving. Yeah. Okay. Question three, if you won $10 million, in yeah. lottery tomorrow, tonight, Yeah. Uh, what would you spend it on? Huh. Well, first off, I wouldn't tell anyone that I'd won $10 million. <laughs> it would be a big secret. <laughs> um, I would probably uh, I would probably s- siphon a little bit away to head out on a, on a trip and the rest of it would definitely put into investments because, um, you know, how many people do we see that win money and spend it all? I would definitely take a holiday. And then I would I would invest in the rest. <laughs> and, then an- and then another one. And then another one. All right. What uh, what do you do in the morning each day? What's one thing that you reckon really sets you up for the rest of the day? Just one thing. Do you know what? I actually don't have a morning routine. And I, I used to. And I used to really sort of bang on about morning routines and setting you up until I realized actually – it depends on the day. Some days I sleep in, some days I get up really early and jump straight into it. Some days I go to the gym. Some days I, uh, like Mondays, my husband and I go and have leadership meeting and have breakfast. So I'm not real helpful on this because I don't believe in morning routines. Yours is Um, coffee, Sam. I'm just going to let you right right now. You know that I, you know that the coffee that I drink is decaffeinated, don't you? <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's go this one. If you could go back and uh, give your eighteen-year-old self one piece of advice, what would that piece mm-hmm. of advice be? Listen <laughs> to people, but don't necessarily do what you're telling them. I think that we can get very caught up in listening to people and thinking that they have the answer. But um, and there's you know another school of thought that says don't listen to anyone, just do you know, go your way. I'm very much in the middle. Listen to people because that's how we learn, but then still really feel, does this feel right for me? Because otherwise, if you build a business that is based on other people's rules, there's always going to be some sort of stickiness or some sort of friction that you won't understand that's there. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, Sam, where can people find you if they want to know more? 
Um, you can find me uh, at samantharali.global. You can find us on the Influence by Design podcast, and that's over at influencebydesignpodcast.com. Sam, thank you so much for joining me. It's been fabulous. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today and share with you your wisdom and advice. Uh, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, of course, please subscribe. Uh, hit the three dots at the bottom of your top of your phone. Uh, find the subscribe button. Follow us on all the good channels. And we look forward to seeing you next week on another episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Join us next time for another insightful discussion filled with actionable advice and inspiring stories, all geared towards helping you grow and scale your business simply and easily. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.